When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Reception the Show. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks. What's going on? James Coe here with you. You are listening to Reception Perception, the show. And you know what? The nostalgic folks are going to love this podcast, Matt Harmon. How are you doing today, pal? I'm doing great. I'm always doing great. Uh, You know, week six, we've got a pretty good idea of who's good, who's bad, who's going to be disappointing us, who's going to be carrying us. And um, you know, it's a, it's a great time to, to mix things up though. And I, I'm, I'm very excited for our guest. We got, had a great guest in Zach on the last episode. Right. Um, so we're like, let's, let's, let's keep the guesting going. So I'm very excited for who we got today. We're doubling it up. And again, man, for the, for the folks who are, who love nostalgia, we welcome in the great, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhart. What? We got Alex Gellhart on the board. Let's go. Wow. All of the memories are flooding back, James, from the fantasy freaks and geeks to the whiz kid. It's uh, it's like we never left the uh, NFL Network studios. How are you guys doing? To the to the 30 minute uh, tardiness by one of us who shall oh be my God, go nameless. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave. We'll leave the former listeners to guess which one of us was 30 minutes late. I don't think it'll be hard. It's so that's it's just so apropos to be on this podcast with these two jokers and me showing and of course be showing up 30 minutes late like an absolute clown. What a clown move that was. <laughs> But you know what? Like I said, we, we got a great show uh, in front of us here today. Okay, we are going to talk about uh, Rondale Moore. What should we be expecting here from Rondale Moore? I'm talking about Jamison Williams. You know, this is very interesting stuff uh, we got going on in Detroit. And uh, Matt Harmon is going to give us kind of his breakdown on the rookie that has yet hit the, has yet to hit the field, but he feels pretty excited about Jameson Williams. We're going to pick his brain on that. And of course, how can we get out of this show? We've got the whiz from We're going to talk about the Packers. We're going to talk about the Packers here at some point as well. But let's just get this thing off the ground and running, okay? Because Alex Gilhar writes a great weekly column for us. Uh, it is the Receptive Perception Notebook. Um, and it's kind of just sort of like the thoughts and musings in the NFL uh, out of the brain of Alex Gilhar. Um, Gilhar, you r- wrote about the Rams in this week's notebook. Kind of break down what your thoughts there are um, on L.A. and in particular their offense. Well, I think this was probably somewhat of a product of me being a heavy Allen Robinson drafter in fantasy. But I was <laughs> <We> continuously <laughs> holding out a hope like it's got to get better. They have right. the pieces. They have Sean McVay. They're coming off the Super Bowl. But after five weeks now, as Matt said, this is kind of the time where 
we get to actually know what teams are. You know, it's less of the volatility of week one and two or even weeks one to three where there's peaks and valleys for teams. By now, we've got a large enough sample size and we've seen enough tape against a different variety of teams where uh, the Rams offense sucks right now. And I am <laughs> right. terrified it's not going to get any better, as, as Matt noted on Twitter. And I included his tweet in there. And our good friend uh, Charles without a row for Yahoo as well. Like the Rams offensive line is an issue right now. I know people always like to point the fingers at offensive lines, but the Rams can't run block Their Their rushing efficiency stats are horrible. They can't pass block. Matt Stafford's been sacked tied for the most times in the league. And that just, if you can't effectively run block and you can't block (laughs) to throw the football, like Uh how are you supposed to move the football? So it's like, and I don't know how they're going to, how they're going to tighten that up absent like, some new blood coming in via trades or somebody emerging from the practice squad. But man, I, I just had to talk about it because I was tired of watching Allen Robinson give me 2.3 points in PPR leagues every week. <laughs> Dude, Matt Stafford's not even looking at Allen Robinson at this point. But Matt, Not even a bit. I know, not even a little. But Matt, it, it can't be that a like a 40-year-old offensive left tackle, like was he really the linchpin to this offensive line of 40 or like, really? Is that the guy, Andrew Whitworth? He's the guy that made this offense run. It can't be that simple. Can it? Well, I mean, Whitworth was really good. Um, I, I love all these, uh, ideas too, that they're going to bring big wit out of the, out of the Amazon booth. Like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think so. I think big wits probably uh, compensated well enough as an Amazon commentator that he's going to probably just go ahead and pass on that. What's he got to come back for? He already won a ring. Right. So, right. um, uh, also, it's, it's worth noting that this was a, it, an issue coming into the year, right? Because of Whitworth's retirement, because of some other personnel problems. But this it, 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 this unit has dealt with injuries now. Like so, now they're right. it's a weak unit that's already gotten weaker. And I, you know, I wrote for Yahoo this past week that I have no idea how they run a functional offense with this unit because, you know, Stafford whether he wants to look for Allen Robinson or not, he didn't have any time to look over there, right? Like it's first read Cooper cup. And then if, if it's not to cup, it's to Tyler Higby because he is the closest guy. He is the, the for, from like a separate distance perspective. He is right there. You know, Daryl Henderson, he's getting a bunch of low a dot targets. I mean, Tyler Higby's going to, you know, finish the year with like a hundred catches for <laughs> 700 know. yards or God. something like that. Unbel- it's disgusting. They're the worst targets in the entire NFL. So um, a couple things though, just, you know, beyond the offensive line, because I agree that that's the biggest problem. And, you know, it's a, at some point, Stafford's going to get hurt. I mean, he's already, like, at the end of that Dallas game, grabbing at his wrist, grabbing at his, you know, all over the place, right? And he's already coming in with this whole elbow situation. That doesn't make you feel good. Um, so there's just a chance this whole thing crumbles apart. I do kind of wish collectively, um, as a, you know, as a fantasy industry as a whole, we didn't yada yada like the, the Van Jefferson injury. Cause I know that folks are still out there kind of talking about when's Odell Beckham going to come back. I'm like, well, forget about that. What they really need is they need Van Jefferson to get healthy, who is the guy that I really like, you know, is the guy that I had in my receivers ranked ahead of consensus before the, the preseason injury, because he can take the top off the defense. Like I don't think Allen Robinson is completely washed, but he's not a vertical threat anymore. Like he's not an outside boundary X receiver, which is what they have to use him as because Van Jefferson is a guy last year who did line up as that X receiver for the Rams, his best routes, the post, the corner, the nine route, you know, the comeback route, the curl route, like those are, they need someone running those routes right now. And because Van Jefferson has been hurt, they have to like, you know, get Tutu Atwell out there running deep routes and you really don't want to be in that position. So um, I'm with Gelhar that I struggle to see how 
the Rams fix this because I think the offensive line is so debilitating. Um, but it is Sean McVay, and you know we've seen him kind of change the identity of the Rams midstream. But it's just tough to kind of find that path right now. I just think you know you talk about the the run blocking. I don't necessarily know if run blocking is totally just bare. Why does this team? continually force cam acres out there he doesn't have the juice guys like yeah. i mean honestly i just i'm just baffled by it zero carries for daryl henderson uh in that game against dallas and dallas is a team that you can run on and i just thought coming into that ball game that if la was going to have a chance they I mean, Sean McVay couldn't just keep letting Matt Stafford get killed out there. And yet that's exactly what he was doing because they can't run the ball. But I just think they can't run the ball with Cam Akers. So at some point, they really got to look at personnel, man. And like, I know there's going to be a lot of Cam Akers truthers out there super mad at me saying like, oh, it's not Cam. It's the offense. No, stop. It still exist. How many? How many <laughs> I know, I know, but it's 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 Cam. Like he doesn't have the juice right now, right? Like, and it's got to be some of that Achilles. Uh, say whatever you want, but I just don't, I just don't understand why they're not giving Daryl Henderson more opportunities on the ground. And you talk about trades they need to make. Honestly, I think they actually need to find something in the running game, man. Like hmm. whether it's a, a veteran running back that can get to the outside and run that outside zone, which is what they love to do. Um, and that's going to open up everything, right? Like if you run an outside zone effectively, boy, that naked bootleg play action starts looking a hell of a lot better, man. And they are not able to do that right now. Yeah, you know, James, real quick, talking about their personnel, there is that cliche. They have their bye week coming up. They have the Panthers this week. The bye after that, every pundit in the NFL is always like, well, they, they can regroup over the bye. That's all well and good. I think the Rams have too many other deficiencies, maybe, as we've pointed out. But then to make matters worse, they come out of the bye against the 49ers and Buccaneers. Uh -oh. Like, uh -oh. they really better have it together <laughs> when they come out of that bye. Otherwise, they're, it's uh -oh. going to be hard to see a turnaround. You know, one, one name to point out, too, since you talked about the running game, um, I think there is there is like a sliding glass moment early on in week one that nobody really talks about. Um, I don't know if I said that expression right, but you know what I mean? Um, sliding doors moment, you know, glass doors. What's the whatever point is. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I, I have no idea where you're going with this, but just keep remember, going. Keep remember going, keep remember going. when uh, you guys remember when Kyron Williams, their rookie running back, got hurt on like a special teams play in week one against the Buffalo Bills. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that in week one, Daryl Henderson was going to run out as a feature back and Kyron Williams was going to be their number two guy. Right. And then he gets hurt. Like, you know, maybe there was a chance that he could have been an answer for them. So they've just had a lot of like, I think sneaky injuries like the Van Jefferson one, like the Kyron Williams one that have um, kind of taken some of the depth out of this team. And then they only really have Cooper cup firing off at this point, like and whatever the Tyler Higby thing. So um, it's just, it's a, they're just not a very good team right now. I think kind of period. You know, Matt, to your point, it, the way they've constructed this team from a salary cap perspective, it's a very top heavy team, right? And you know, the stars are going to be the stars, but they have to have, I mean, it's an 11 on 11 game. You have to have depth and what little thin depth they've had to your point. They have lost that as well, both on the offensive line, running back, wide receiver, really all the skill set positions that needed some depth. They've lost that. I think to your point, I think that's a great point. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's move on. Uh, you mentioned the Packers there, Alex Gilhar. Romeo Dobbs, we, uh, Matt, you've done some in-season tracking here, uh, but Romeo Dobbs fell back to earth a little bit against Gi- the Giants in London there. But, Matt, I, I want to talk to you about your in-season tracking there with Dobbs. What have you seen there? Um, are we, should we expect some movement in the rest of season rankings? Should we expect a little bit of movement, Romeo Dobbs, in your dynasty rankings? Yeah, I mean, I've given him a pretty significant bump in both formats, um, you know, after looking at him in season, because I think he looks pretty good. Um, I- I'm really curious to hear what Gelhar has to say about this offense, because it's uh, it's they're in a fascinating spot. Uh, it, it, the the Green Bay Packers right now is I think they're trying to figure themselves out. But, you know, Dobbs yeah. certainly looks like a player. I sampled his first three games uh, for reception perception, 82.8% success rate versus zone um, runs a good bit of deep routes, runs some, some shorter stick routes, some slant routes, stuff like that. Um, you know, he, just, he looks solid. Like he looks like he can, he can play. And certainly I think that Rogers has, I think he's got a good bit of trust in him. I think Dobbs, look, anyway, I don't know that he looks like a, a future superstar or anything like that, but he can beat man coverage at a decent rate can um, beat zone coverage at a really good rate uh, so far early in his career, which I think is a good sign for a day three rookie. So, um, but again, I, I have most like wide receiver 34 uh, in rest of season rankings. I could, I think I could see myself bumping him down. Actually, I think since I, I did this, I did bump him down a little bit. Um, I've never been like the biggest Lazard guy. Like I think Alan Lazard is fine. Um, he's a good football player but he's like a good blocker and he's got good hands and he's wins with size, but you know, he's not a right. separator, which is why I think that Dobbs has emerged and you know, they've got Randall Cobb popping back up. So yeah, Gelhart talk, talk to me about like the state of the, of the Packers right now. Well, just real quick with Lazard. I feel like Lazard is like the John Kuhn of wide receivers to do another <laughs> Packer parallel where he's just gritty. He makes the plays when you need him. Yeah. Not an electric athlete, but like fans love him because he'll throw a good block. He'll catch a yeah. touchdown when needed. The state of this offense is, is frustrating to watch because they do still have some players. And I think LaFleur is a good offensive coach. They're struggling right now to to find themselves because Rodgers has obviously trust issues with his wide receiver core, and there's not a lot of separation across the board as people are getting, um, you know, acclimated, especially the young wide receivers. And then, you know, Sammy Watkins is on IR, of course. Um, so I think the, the offense is struggling because LaFleur will scheme some layups for Rodgers, but he doesn't always want to take them. I mean, yeah. as we saw, and especially if he gets down or he gets frustrated, I know uh, our pal on Twitter, Justice Mosqueda, tweeted it after the Giants scored their touchdown in, in London to go ahead. It, Justice tweeted, Aaron, Aaron's going to throw it deep on the next throw. And then sure as shit, <laughs> Rodgers threw it deep on the next throw and the next throw after that and the next throw. And they went three and out. And it was just like, man, like it's I think Rodgers is, has to come to grips with it that right now this needs to be like one of those. Uh, Patriots offenses where it was more so death by like 998 cuts. And then you take your two or three, you know, shots when they're available. And that's just not the way Rogers wants to operate. I was looking at some of those plays. Like he had the one deep shot towards Dobbs when he was in double coverage against the giants. He had AJ Dillon in the flat for probably like a 
six yard gain. It wasn't going to be a game breaker, but then he set up third and short. Instead, Rodgers is flinging it deep into double coverage. It's not a good throw. So I feel like this offense can be better than it is right now. It's certainly not going to be nowhere near those old Packers offenses, but they, they'll be able to win a bunch of games if they kind of settle into their identity, whether or not Rodgers and his massive ego and the chip on his shoulder and his <laughs> ayahuasca will allow him to do that remains to be seen. But I, I do see a path for this offense to be a, a solid, not sexy offense, you know, an offense that'll grind out 320 total yards a game, 27 points and like win a lot of games by a touchdown or less, but Aaron Rodgers right now, he's, he's seventh in terms of dropbacks versus man coverage. He's 24th in EPA per dropback uh, yeah. on, on against man coverage. So, I mean, teams know what they can do. Like they was like, let me just play up. And especially against the giants, right? Like that's a perfect team to, Oh, you can't beat us in man coverage. Like we're going to wink. Martindale is going to play you a bunch of man coverage and you know, he's going to get pressure on you, all that type of stuff. So, Teams just know what they can do, and, and they're they're trying to figure this out. And, you know, it, it's funny that in fantasy, right, because Devontae Adams was a heavily debated player and, and all that stuff, he was going in like the first one-two round turn. It was like, well, you know, Devontae Adams, like he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. It's like, well, yeah, Aaron Rodgers also doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore. Right. And the drop-off from Devontae Adams to these other goofballs that are there still in Green Bay the, from the, between Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carford, like, it just was – it wasn't discussed enough that – how much of their offense was baked like into being into Devonte Adams being Devonte Adams. And you know, the, the downgrade there has just been, has been significant. And I agree with you, Alex, that like Rogers doesn't want to take some of those layups that are, that are given to him and Shock. he's going to have to, he, yeah, right. But he's going to have to <laughs> at some point get around to that because even like, okay, he's going to take a shot. Like, Who's he gonna take a shot to, right? Like, I mean, you know, he's he's flinging these deep passes to Lazard, who's a big guy, but he's not yeah. like a crazy athlete. He's not getting no. separation. He's not as no, yeah. nimble or agile as Devontae Adams. And speaking of Adams, real quick point, I think they mentioned it on the uh, the Athletic Football podcast, but it's fascinating to see like how he's been deployed in Oakland versus how he was. Or, wow, Oakland, Las Vegas versus get with, how he was the, get with the times, pal. They, they've uh, changed. They've changed locations <laughs> since you retired. Back in my day. Back in my day. Uh, Oh but you know they're they obviously because of their personnel aren't deploying Adams in the slot as much and they're not scheming it to him as much like you said that Green Bay offense was funneled through Adams like yeah. Rodgers oh, yeah. even admitted oh, they yeah. retooled the whole offense so like something like 70 to 80 percent of their plays Adams was the first read because he was going to be open like that's just hitting the easy button over over and over and over again I feel like all right well we're going to look to him first and you know eight times out of ten he's going to beat his guys so both those offenses are struggling with that. The man's the man coverage stats are crazy and not at all surprising against the Packers, though. The way the Packers are built, I, it it just feeds into what you were saying, Alex. It's they're built to be a grinder team. You know, Romeo Dobbs grinder. You know, AJ. They've got two good running backs that suggest grinding the football down. Right, like you look at the wide receivers. Everything that they've built there in Green Bay looks like they want to grind out the offense but they don't have a quarterback that wants to do that. Um, so that seems to be a little bit of oil and water. So I just wonder how that's going to work. Um, according to the reception perception metrics, Romeo Dobbs, at least in early in-season charting, you've got him here at uh, what? 64.7% success rate versus man. That would put him kind of sort of in between like Nico Collins and Marquise Brown and yeah, like it's, Gabriel it's Davis. Yeah, it's very average. Uh, when you're talking about success rate 
versus man coverage for Romeo Dobbs. Okay. 